Hey guys, it's Cal Walters here with the Intentional Living and Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode seven. I'm so excited that you're here. If this is your first time, thank you so much for joining. If this is your seventh time, thank you for being here. I appreciate every single one of you that give me the time to engage with me on this podcast and on social media. What I try to do on this podcast is focus on how we can live intentionally. And what's the opposite of intentional living? The opposite of intentional living is really just catching whatever life throws at you. It's not really living your life but catching your life. As John Maxwell says, most of us catch our life. We don't actually live our life. So I hope that by listening to this podcast, by thinking about principles, by putting these principles at the forefront of your mind, you can then act on them. Because what starts in our mind is then ultimately what we do and what we act on in our life. So thank you for being here. I spent a lot of time preparing for this show, and I want to give you something valuable in the short time that we have together. Today, we're going to talk about courageous living. Next week, we're going to talk about courageous leadership, but this week, we're going to talk about courageous living. Now, when I think about courage, I think of big acts of courage, and maybe you're in the same boat. I think of people like Martin Luther King, giant figures in the history of our country who confronted tremendous amounts of adversity, who had a vision for the future that others couldn't see, who at the time that they walked and lived, they were walking into the unknown without any regard for their own persecution or their own safety. We know Martin Luther King eventually was killed, but he was brave. He had just this willingness to face his fears in ways that no one else at the time was willing to or able to. Or I think about movies like Braveheart or Gladiator. You know, in Braveheart, William Wallace, portrayed by Mel Gibson, leads the Scottish people in a revolt against this English treachery at the time. He he faced the fears that many other people were feeling at the time, but he he walked out front and he led a group of people. Or I think about Russell Crowe in Gladiator, where he portrays Maximus, who at the time was already betrayed by Marcus Aurelius' son. His family had been murdered and sold into slavery, and yet he rises through the ranks of the gladiatorial arena and avenges his family and, and helps bring forth justice in that situation. Or I think about soldiers on the battlefield who when they're faced with significant risk of harm to themselves or others, they rise to the occasion. Or another example that I I literally just yesterday watched the movie Lion King with my daughter. And you think about Simba, who in that movie is kind of exiled, but then finally finds the courage to return to his homeland and avenge his father's death and take his rightful place as king of the animal kingdom. Now, these are big examples, right? So we think of courage, we often think of these big examples but we have examples of courage that we can think of in our own life. And in fact, what, what I'm going to get to today, the main takeaway from this podcast is going to be all about how you and I have to exercise courage in our daily life if we want to maximize our life and be truly alive. I mean, when I think about my own personal examples of courage, I think all the way back to Wet and Wild Water Park in Orlando, Florida, back when I was probably seven or eight years old, and I was terrified of going down this giant it seemed giant, probably not that big when I actually, if I were to go today, but it's, it was, it was straight down. It felt straight down and, and you fly down this, this water slide into this kind of pool of water. Everyone in my family did it, but for some reason I was just terrified to do it. I wouldn't do it, but I remember, I don't, I don't know what got into me, but one day I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so I got up to the top of the slide. It's probably, I don't know, it seemed like 300 feet, but it was probably, you know, like 50 feet or something. But it, you just had to push yourself off. You had to to just be willing to face your fear and start. And I just remember that I allowed myself to, to go down that water slide 
to, to face my fear. And I remember that to this day, that feeling of, wow, I did it. And what did I want to do after I, I faced my fear? I wanted to go do other water slides. There was no water slide that was too big for me to go do. You had that data point in your mind once you face your fear. That's the power of courage. Another example I think of is when I played football. I remember going through hitting drills in the summer in South and North Carolina, just the, the difficulty of, of these hitting drills where you'd have to lay on the ground, typically with someone bigger than you. They would blow the whistle and both people would have to stand up and, and immediately turn around and try to tackle one another. And it was just terrifying. Anyone that, anyone that doesn't feel fear when they do those things is either the biggest person there, so they just know they're going to crush whoever they're going after, or they're lying. Because, I mean, I just remember being terrified. But, you know, you try to be tough. You try to face your fear. And you do the thing. And then all of a sudden, you feel this courage. You're like, wow, I faced my fears. I didn't give up. And then it gives you this data point in your mind. Like, okay, I can do that. I can face my fears. Um, I remember public speaking in high school. I remember being asked to speak to a group of about, you know, 200 people in high school as a high school student. And I just remember being terrified. But I remember when I actually got up there, and I started to speak, and I spoke in a way that I didn't fail, I didn't stutter, and, and I was able to speak to these people. I felt alive. I felt alive in a way I'd never felt because I'd faced my fear and I did something. Public speaking, probably the, the number one fear for most people in the world. And the same was true for me back then, but I was able to face my fear. And so we think about these big examples, and we also have our own personal examples. When we talk about courage, Courage is all about facing our fear. Nelson Mandela said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Now, if you've tuned out for the last few minutes, I want you to just, just focus one minute on, on this principle. This is the, probably the most important thing that I would like for all of us to take away from this session of the podcast, and that is that you and I were put on this earth to do something great. You were put here for a purpose. The way that you were born, the way that you were raised, your background, your experiences, your giftedness all prepared you in your right way for right now. And you're supposed to do something great with your life. You weren't born to be average or ordinary. You weren't put on this earth to live someone else's life. It's your life and my life. And we're in control of our lives. We're in control of what we do. So stop thinking small, stop playing small, stop living a comfortable life. Malcolm Gladwell says that if you're comfortable today with what you were comfortable with yesterday, then you're already in trouble. Let's stop letting the fear and uncertainty hold us back from doing something truly great. Because on the other side of your greatest fear and insecurity is likely your greatest blessing. I want us to think of courage not just in these big ways, but courage is required of each one of us if... We want to live an extraordinary life if we want to feel truly alive. And to live an extraordinary life, courage is not a one-time thing. It's a lifelong commitment to not allowing the fear that we feel to hold us back. It's being willing to be vulnerable and to walk courageously into the unknown. So I hope that today that you and I can take away from this podcast that the courage is required of every single one of us if we want to be truly alive if we want to walk into the extraordinary potential that we all have in our own unique ways. So I'm going to give you a little bit of application. I'm going to give you several principles so that you can go out and apply to be courageous. It's one thing to know what I just said. It's one thing to have it in your brain. 
but it's another thing to apply it. It's another thing to do it. Knowledge is not power. We often, we think of knowledge as power. I want to learn, 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 learn. Well, it is good to learn. I'm all about learning, but knowledge is just potential power until we put it into application. So as I'm going through these things, I encourage you to think about how am I going to apply that in my life in a specific way? And why am I going to apply that in my life in a specific way? And then the next step is thinking about when. When am I going to apply that? This week, next week, next month, next time I'm confronted with that fear. I want you to think as I'm talking through this application about how you can apply these principles to your life. Because it's not, again, it's not what we have in our brain. It's what we have in our brain that then we put into application and put into to action in our, in our own lives. So principle one, number one in terms of being courageous is to anticipate the fear, but choose to act. Anticipate the fear. Know that the fear is going to come. Know that you're going to feel some, some, some sense of being afraid of what might happen and the uncertainty. The loss of control is going to creep in, but you have to choose to act. Mike Tyson's trainer, Kuzumato, this is the guy who brought him to the pinnacle of his success as a boxer. He would be terrified right before he's about to go into a fight. And, and Kuzumato would say to Mike Tyson, he would say, it's the hero and the coward. They feel the same way. They both feel fear, but it's about how you respond. That's the difference. So both the hero and the coward are feeling that fear, but it's the difference maker. The distinction between those two things is how they respond. Fear and courage are brothers. When you start to feel fear, that might be an indication that you're pushing the envelope, you're dreaming big, you're pushing your potential, you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. So instead of allowing that fear to cripple us, we got to embrace the fear and embrace that that fear is a good thing, that that fear when it creeps in is making us aware that we're walking into a place that maybe we've never been. But right on the other side of that fear could be our greatest blessing. I can prove this to you right now. Think of something that you've achieved in your life that once seemed difficult or impossible. There was a pipe dream that you had, but yet today you have that in your life. There may be, it may have been starting a business that now you've started that business, or maybe it was someone that you wanted to go out with or to be in a relationship with. And now you're married to that person or you're in a relationship with that person and you see them every day. If you go back and you do an autopsy on how you achieved that thing, whatever it was that seemed impossible at the time, but now it's in your life, part of that, I bet, was some fear. You, f- you felt some fear about that thing. You wanted it so bad, you were hungry for it, but you felt like you couldn't do it. There was the self-doubt that you had to overcome. There were the critics that you had to overcome and are not listened to or not allowed to, to, to control you. I think about, for me, West Point, Ranger School, becoming a lawyer, marrying my wife, being willing to ask her out and pursue her. All of those things that I now have in my life, there was fear. There was doubt. So principle number one is anticipate that. Don't, don't be surprised by it, but embrace the fear. But be like Kuzumato. Be the hero and, and note that it's not about the fact that I'm feeling fear. Everyone who's brave feels fear. Fear and courage are brothers. They are part, they're one and the same. They are part of that same process, but it's all about how we react to the fear. Principle number two, when it comes to being courageous, when it comes to walking into your potential and overcoming that fear is to follow your heart. Take the time to define success for you. Don't let anyone else, most of us, when we begin our life, we start with someone else's dream, and that's typically our parents. Our parents lovingly, and I probably will do the same for my daughter, I have my vision of what I hope her life is like, 
But it's at the end of the day, that's not her vision. It's just my vision for her life. Most of us start our lives, we start down this path based on what our parents or the people around us expect of us. But at some point, we got to stop. And it doesn't matter what part of life you're in. Maybe you're a little bit later in your life, or maybe you're just getting started, or maybe you're in the middle of your life. But we have to take a moment to define success for us. And typically, we know what that is. It's the inner voice inside of us that says, go do this. Go impact that area. Maybe it's something that truly breaks your heart, that you see an injustice, that you feel like you need to change. Or maybe it's just something out there that you feel like you need to impact, that you can be, that you can truly make a difference in that part of your life or that part of the world that you hate. But an extraordinary life is life on your terms, not your parents' terms, not someone else's terms, but it's a life on your terms, following your heart. So don't let the noise of other people's opinions drown out that inner voice. And as you follow that dream, it's going to get bigger. As you start down that path, it's going to get bigger. You're going to get more knowledge, knowledge that you don't have now. You're going to have when you walk down that path. So follow your heart. Don't let the noises and other people's versions of success dictate your version of success. Your version of success may look nothing like someone else's version. You may have zero desire to be wealthy, but you have a ton of desire to go out there and change people's lives. Or maybe you want to be wealthy. And you know that by being wealthy, you're then going to be able to use those resources to help people. But follow your heart and don't let one more day pass where you're letting the fear of following your dreams cripple you and paralyze you into taking that next step. Now, principle number three, a lot of this comes from Brene Brown's work. So if you haven't read her or watched her YouTube videos or really engaged with her work, it's really good. She talks a lot about courage and bravery. But she really focuses a lot on vulnerability. And I think you can't talk about, just like you can't talk about courage without talking about fear, you can't talk about courage without talking about vulnerability. Principle number three for walking into the, our potential to being courageous, to facing our fears is to embrace vulnerability. Brene Brown defines vulnerability as showing up and being seen. It's walking bravely into uncertainty, risk, emotional exposure, now, a lot of us, when we think about vulnerability, we think of weakness, but we have to redefine vulnerability. Vulnerability is true strength because vulnerability is when you're walking out, you're willing to be naked in front of people. You're willing to be, to face that uncertainty, that risk, that emotional exposure in order to be brave, in order to realize what's on the other side of that fear. And so we have to embrace vulnerability. We have to become comfortable with the uncertainty. That is part of being able to be courageous. That is a fundamental part of that process. We have to learn to take that first step and be okay with not seeing the entire path. Think of the lights on your car. If you got it at night and it's dark and you turn on the lights of your car, you can only see about 300 feet in front of you. But if I'm trying to drive back to my house, I can't see that my house is there. But you're trying to go to your house, you can only see 300 feet in front of you. And so we don't know what's around the corner until we go around the corner. And we have to become comfortable with traveling without having all the answers. We have to be willing to choose courage over comfort. We have to act now, acting now will allow you to see things that you can't see now. But you will then need to see those things and those things will be revealed to you as you travel down that road. But it's having the courage to step out into the uncertainty, to confront the risk that can make all the difference. I think back to Steve Jobs' commencement speech to Stanford University, and he talks about connecting the dots. He goes through and he talks about how you can't connect the dots looking forward. He talks about when he, he dropped out of college and that led him to take a calligraphy class. 
which later, taking that calligraphy class, led him to be able to use those skills about spacing, about letters, into his creation of personal computers. But in the moment, it was completely impossible for him to see the dots connecting that would lead to him being able to use that skill or take that step of dropping out of college to taking calligraphy to eventually putting those things into personal computers. But looking back, he can see how those dots connect. And so a big part of vulnerability is believing that as I take the step, even though the headlights only give me 300 feet in front of me, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to walk into the uncertainty. I'm going to believe that I'm going to learn along the way into that, into that uncertain path. So principle number three is embrace the vulnerability and the uncertainty, knowing that the path will be revealed to you as you go. But it's about taking that first step. It's about standing up and being seen and being vulnerable. Principle number four is to persevere in the face of adversity. As Brene Brown says, when we're brave enough, often enough, then we're going to fall. And that's part of it. It's expecting that. Just like expecting the fear, be daring. Be willing to dare. Be willing to be brave. Daring is not saying that I'm willing to risk failure. Daring is saying I know I will eventually fail, but I'm all in. And I've never met a brave person who hasn't at some point known disappointment failure, even heartbreak. That is just part of putting yourself out there. That's part of being vulnerable. And that's also part of living. C.S. Lewis puts this perfect. He says, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything in your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully Around with hobbies and little luxuries, avoid all entanglements, lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, that safe, dark, motionless, airless, your heart will not change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. And so we all know this in terms of relationships. We have to put ourselves out there. We have to be vulnerable. And when we do that, yes, we set ourselves up to face adversity and to face risk. But it, part of it is knowing that, that that adversity and that risk is that I'm going to be able to pull myself back up. I'm going to be able to pull myself out of that situation and experience the beauty of that lesson that I learned through that adversity, that disappointment, that failure. Setting it up in your mind is a win-win. I'm either going to achieve or I'm going to learn. Either one of those two things is going to happen. And so principle number four is persevere in the face of adversity. As you're daring, know that that's part of the process. And principle number five, and I think what this does, this principle, is it allows us to be brave. It allows us to face our fear. And principle number five is to confront the reality of the shortness of life. And what that really means is confronting the reality of death. Steve Jobs says that if I live each day like it were my last, that someday I'm going to be right. And he spoke about this at his 2006 commencement speech at Stanford University, where at the time he thought he had overcome cancer. And he was speaking about this, how when he got that cancer diagnosis, it immediately made him think about how he was spending his days, how he was spending his life. He was having to confront the shortness of life in that moment. And what he didn't know is that he hadn't actually overcome cancer, that he would pass away this illness. But it was the thought of the end of his life that he acknowledged allowed him to be brave. So life is short. And when we acknowledge that, it allows us not to waste it living someone else's dream. Because when, when we think about death, when we think about the reality of that, almost everything, all external expectations, the fear of failure, the fear that we're not enough, the critics who tell us that we can't do it, the people that doubt us, almost all of that just goes by the wayside. Because we know we're like, you know what? I don't care. 
I don't have that much time, and I'm going to use the time that I have to be brave. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to walk into that fear because life is too short. I don't know how much time I have, but I'm not going to waste it. And so the principle number five in terms of being brave is to tell yourself, and I say it all the time, life is short. Make it count. You don't know how much time you have. And any of us that have had loved ones who have passed or people in our life who have passed before that we expected that to happen, we, we know that that is a reality. That is a very real thing. So use the time that we have. Use the reality of the shortness of life to push us into a place of bravery. I don't know what your dream is, but you do. Or at least you know what makes your heart stir. You know what you're passionate about. You may not see the entire path, but you know the general direction that you should go. So dare. Be brave. Confront your fear. Be vulnerable. You never know what hangs in the balance of your decision to be brave. You don't know what person, what thing, what cause could hang in the balance of your decision to face your fear. So go and create. Go do. Go act. Imagine what our world would be like if people didn't choose to be brave. Not only may you change the world, but I promise you that in that moment of being brave, of facing your fear, you are going to experience life to the fullest. You're going to experience being truly alive because when we're brave, when we face our fears, we experience a level of life that is beautiful. And another thing that's, that's awesome is that courage leads to more courage. And courage is contagious. And we're going to talk about that next week when we talk about leading courageously. But as you do courageous things, as you face your fears, as you make yourself vulnerable, as you face adversity and pick yourself up and you rise back to the occasion, you have those data points and it allows you to, to face your fears moving forward. I'm going to leave you with this quote. This is a quote from one of my buddy, Chris Gakey. You'll probably hear me talk about him on the podcast. He was one of my best friends from West Point. He was an incredible man and he was killed in action in Afghanistan. And this is one of his favorite quotes. And I just want to read it to you. I want to leave it with you. But hey, if you've liked this podcast, before I get to this quote and leave it with just encourage you, share this with someone that needs to hear it. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review. Share this with someone who needs to hear it because we all need to be courageous. We all need to be to walk into our fears because, again, you never know what hangs in the balance of your decision and my decision to be courageous, of our decision to maximize our potential. So I'm going to leave you with this quote from Teddy Roosevelt. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong may stumble or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, and who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Guys, go out and be courageous today. Our lives are short, so let's make them count.